This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy. Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. Most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogan. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hoke and Johns with you as we transition to week three. Your one in one Chicago Bears. Doesn't sound that bad when you put it that way, Johnsy. You already turned the page in the Packers game. Packers losses always feel like five losses. Who are the Packers again? Yes. Just need to forget about that. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah, yeah. One on one. Like, I would have taken one on one. Yeah. One on one. One on one. Yeah. Did one-on-one. you just challenge me one on one? One on one. Yes. I will what, do you, what, you. what do you want to play? That's what we play. Well, you got the height. I'm scrappy, though. Um, I would take that record. If you're telling me that would be what they were after facing the 49ers, a favored team, and the Packers, a favored team, I would take that. Yeah, you were more than a touchdown underdog in both of those games. You take that one and one. Now, I think we learned a lot about the Bears this week. We're not turning the page quite yet, but I think we will learn a lot about this Bears team. This week, are they going to be a team, because you kind of saw the good, you saw the bad, are they going to be a team that can take care of business when they're actually favored? And they're not going to have many opportunities to do this, but this is one week where they actually are favored. The line has already moved from uh, minus three to minus two and a half. Not surprising with the way the Bears played on Sunday night. But, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting week. We're not turning the page completely yet. We have your voicemails, which are always outstanding, at least usually, on Packer Week. So we'll bring those to you here. Um, Of course, we've been sorting through some of the plays and all 22 and all this stuff. Uh, There's a key play I think we need to talk about with Justin Fields. And uh, so, yeah, we're not quite turning the page yet to lovey week. But... uh, Lovey week. We've covered yeah. those before. Yeah. It's been a while, though. It's been a while since Lovey's been a head coach. A few in the years. NFL. Well, he had, he had that, what would you call his tenure in Illinois? It was something. Um, <laughs> a mistake? <laughs> On both sides? It was something. Um, back in the NFL, head coach of the Texans. It's Lovey I, week. I mean, this is a totally different conversation. I don't think it was a mistake for Illinois to hire him. I mean, it seemed like a good idea. I just think Lovey got there and was like... Oh, I got to recruit. Wait, I'm in Champaign. <laughs> it's a mistake. Yeah. I got it, but I understood it yeah. back then. Uh, all right. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Please hit that like button if you're watching that way. Please hit subscribe. Get the notifications so you know when these shows premiere. 
Uh, we're trying to go live after games if you haven't already figured that out. So um, make sure, you know, it's about two hours after the game. Give or take a little bit in there is what we're trying to do. Johnsy's got to get his work done from the stadium, and I obviously have the CHGO postgame show. So kind of transitioning right after that CHGO show gets over into Hogan Johns, and so uh, I know a lot of you pay attention to both shows. So we are trying to do those live after games. We will keep doing that. So make sure you have those uh, notifications and know when we're going live on YouTube. Make sure you check out the merchandise at ObviousShirts.com. Hoodies are in. Hats are in. It's all there for you. Perfect time of year to be grabbing that stuff up. We appreciate all the support. Okay. What do you want to start with? Some Justin Fields conversation, or should we knock out the voicemails? Let's hit the voicemails first. Let's get the feel for the fans. Yeah. And then we'll break down Justin Fields' film. All right. Your voicemails. Always entertaining during Packer Week. Here we go. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hogan Cat, Johnson, Fed, Bob Dabrowski here in the human waste dump known as Green Bay, specifically Lambeau Field. It's disgusting, but guess what, boys? The Bears just drove down the field, and Justin Fields scored a touchdown. The first of many. He's turning just bullshit Lambeau Field garbage into diamonds and minerals made of gold. Let's go, Bears. 100 to 0, or I guess the Packers got three off of some poor referee calls. 100 to 3. Let's go, Bears. Chicago Bears. Bear down. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Let's go. Chicago Bears. Hokey Cat. John Z. Dog. Two drives in. 7 to 3. Bears. I'm loving it. And somewhere, Matt Nagy's hairline is rolling over in its grave because they just ran the ball more than three times in a quarter. Bear time. Hey, Hogan John. This is Bill from Ohio. Just watching the first quarter. Gotta love it. Gotta love Justin Fields diving in for a touchdown. But why can't we get any calls? Is he a Packer? No, honey, that's a ref. He's not a Packer. But he does want the Packers to win. Bear down. The best neck beard in NFL history, not named Andrew Luck, a.k.a. Mr. Rubber Hips, Bobby Quinn. Big time, baby. Bear down. Hey, Bears fans. Demon here. My dad's in Mexico, so I'm watching the game with my grandpa. I happen to be a Packers fan. It's really nice. Get it on. Hey, Hogan Johns. Well, past the Cole Command that was right in his chest, and he drops it. So I'm starting to think that Cole Command is a bust. Hopefully he can spot and wake up, or Bears need to get rid of him at the end of the season and find a different tight end. Bear down. Well, Hogan Johns, it's halftime. Nick from Indy, 24-7. And, you know, I wish I was surprised. I'm going to bed now. Bear down. Oh, Johns, if I got to watch Daquan Brisker miss another tackle and run support, I'm going to puke. Why even bring his ass down in the box if he's going to whiff? Counted three missed tackles and run support. This first half. It's got to be better. 
if not get the hell off the field and let somebody else do it. Bear down. Can't believe that the refs, well, I actually can believe that the refs spotted him there. But this gives time for the Bears to come up with some cool play designs. Yeah, right? Really? You're going to give a, a long pass up to Sammy Watkins right when the game met us? These refs have been terrible. You know what? I can't. I don't know what to start with. It's just like the passing game is terrible. The defense is good, but the secondary is garbage. And they just allow any team they want to score whenever they want to score. And then the Bears just get run over at Lambeau. And then what the hell is that? What the hell is that terrible play call? I don't know. This. It feels very. It feels. It's starting to feel too familiar. It's just. It's just. Just like. I don't know. I don't. I. I don't know. I don't know. Fields has been objectively bad his entire Bears career. How often do bad QBs become good and their name isn't Josh Allen? Never. Great. Cool. Let's move on to 2023. Find a new QB. Your franchise quarterback looks bad. Your top pick in the 22 draft looked bad. Your offensive coordinator looked bad. <sighs> oh, Johns, this is Tom from San Antonio. 27-10, Bears lose. Same old stuff, it seems like. I don't know how you expect to develop a quarterback with 17 or 11 pass attempts. 17 last week, 11 this week. No way to grow. Bear down. Hey, Hogan, John. It's a horrible loss, especially the way it was lost. Saw on Twitter all the screenshots. That was a touchdown. Regardless, Justin Fields can't throw 11 times with his arm and his athleticism and expect to win. But I also think that we do need to look at the officiating during these Bears-Packers games because looking at Rodgers' home record it's 87 19 and 1 but his away record is 56 and 54 so adam hogue admit you are a giant freaking meatball this is a huge rebuild and clearly fields isn't it go bears the packers you're a giant meatball hoggy cat john the bib stop the browski calling in monday morning from 2833 Riverside Drive, which is the address of the Green Bay Correctional Facility, a.k.a. prison. I'm not here on my own uh, troubles, but I'm talking to the warden. Why is Aaron Rodgers continually allowed out of this place? I don't get it. I did learn that his family hates him because every holiday he invites every single referee to the dinner table and not his family, which is why the refs love that son of a bitch. Oh, the Bears... Oh, boy. Anyway, let's go Bears. We got uh, 15 more of these things. Goodbye. So take that and think about that for a little bit. Come on, you meatball. Oh, man. That's what you get for picking the the Bears. Don't you feel... Yeah, that. I mean, well, that's where I thought he was going to go with that. Um, Just seems... Meatball. We're going to have to save that clip for... uh, 
Whenever he picks the the Bears now. You meatball. <laughs> well, am I allowed to pick him this week against the Texans? No. No. Meatball. I just, why did the Packers do this to Bob? I feel bad. Yeah. Well, there was, beyond Bob's sadness, there was some legit, like, I thought, I heard some tears. Did some you see those the, messages. Did you see that uh, one yeah. video going around of the guy crying? I was about to reference that. Yeah, that was sad. And funny at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, are you crying? And he's just staring at the TV in tears. <laughs> Come on. Uh, we'll try to get you through it, everybody. All right. I'm not going to give you my first referee rant of the season, but... Isn't it at least weird? I, like, I have to say, it just does seem to be a theme in every single Bears-Packer game. There were a couple false starts in that game that were blatantly obvious from the press box. They just didn't call. Correct. Um, The low block at the beginning of the game that was oh, called on Kindle. I, I, Kindle I hate that play. First of all, I hate... I. I understand the rule if you're talking about a player just blatantly cutting in from the side at a offensive lineman's legs as he's in motion. Okay. But this is the second time in two seasons now that the Bears have been called for this when the defender is legitimately diving at the ball carrier and the lineman happens to be between him and the, or at least starting to come in the picture, the line between the defender and the ball carrier. That's a completely different play. That's I don't him think trying I, to make a stop. I, I get the essence of the rule because there used to be this coaching philosophy create the pile. He's coming at you, create the pile. So you're taking out potential blockers, bigger blockers than you. Create the pile, change the play. But let there be contact, like blatant contact. The Kindleville door even hit the offensive lineman. Like, ah. was was there even contact? If there was, it was very, very minimal. And again, I just i I think there has to be an exception if you're actually diving at the ball carrier. You're you're telling you're telling a DB in that situation that there's literally nothing they can do. They should just walk out of bounds and go away because there's nothing they can do. You have a 300 pound offensive lineman coming at you, and if you can't go low. How are you supposed to? How are you supposed to make a play there? No, no wonder everyone's running outside zone. Because if you can just pull a guard on a DB and there's nothing they can do, then everybody should be running that. Yeah, it's just um, there's also a block in the back on the um, punt return. The punt return. It was so obvious. Like it could not have been a more obvious one because it was before the guy even caught the ball. I don't know. In between them, and then you have the missed false starts. There was uh, a holding penalty that that was called a holding penalty on a sack. Like Travis Gibson got held, like from like behind, like he was being. Like the guy had his hands on his hips from behind, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he, was, he had him in a bear hug. But like he's behind. asking him to dance or something like that. Yeah, I mean, or doing something a lot worse, something and, potentially illegal. And he was, they picked up the flag. Yeah, that. that Sometimes yeah. I'm all for like letting the guys play, but 
like at least stick with your call in certain situations. And the, the false starts were pretty obvious. The low block at the beginning of the game beginning of the game was just such a classic situation of the referees getting together before the game this is an emphasis from the nfl let's call this right away the first time we see it and just knock that out like and then then those like the worst part about that is then like by the end of the year those calls fade you know what i'm talking about like there's a lot of penalties on certain plays in the beginning of the year but by the end of it they're letting them play through it it's just it, it, that was just an example of a ref wanting to see, like l- l- looking for something. He's like made a decision. I'm going to call this tonight, and then he's looking so hard to see it that he doesn't realize what was really happening on the play. It's just so obnoxious. Oh, sorry. Um, all right, let's talk about Justin Fields a little bit because th- this whole thing was honestly. I feel like you started it. <laughs> Hey, I'm okay with that. I'm here no, for that. But this is exactly some of us have to start things. So you know, I think people have figured it out by now at this point with my with my new job at CHGO. I'm not at the games anymore. I am okay with that. I think there's there's advantages and disadvantages to it. Um, one of the advantages is it's actually pretty nice to be able to sit there with two monitors and be able to have one delayed and then have a remote in my hand and go back and watch plays, which you don't have the power to do in the press box. In the press box, you're like, yeah. Looking for the TV. <laughs> the disadvantage is you're not watching the game with an all 22 view like you are from the press box when you can see somebody come wide open who's not on your television screen. And that was why I think this is a good combo with you still being there because you notice right away on that first third down of the uh, third quarter, right? It was the Bears' first possession, I believe. Correct. Third, yeah, third and like 10. The third play of the second half. Yep, third play of the second half when Justin Fields checked it down to David Montgomery for seven yards. The Bears had to punt. You tweeted right there in that moment during the game that Equinemius St. Brown appeared to come wide open. Uh, the All-22 confirmed that. I think it also showed some other things. Um, but... EQ talked yesterday, sort of Matt Eberflus, and it was interesting to kind of hear their explanation on the play because there is an option there, and I love that the Bears have this, okay, because not all offenses do. But EQ said he's supposed to run a curl there, but he's allowed and actually told that if he, you know, beats the guy so bad off the line that he can turn it into a go route, just do it. And you put your hand up. They call it a mailbox, just like a mailbox hand going up. And um, see, so you got that. Pat Finley was confused by that reference, but continue. Well, hand up. That's it's a pretty common football term. Open, yeah. <laughs> um, and Justin Fields to me appeared to look that way. My guess was just. Caught off guard by the fact that it wasn't a curl. Chose not to throw it. Checked it down. What was your whole analysis of not only what you saw live, what you saw on tape, but what you heard from both EQ and Matty Refluge yesterday? So live, my initial reaction was, holy shoot, he's open. Like, wide open. Like, throw that ball outside the numbers. That's That's a completion. And I saw the time that he had. That was awesome protection by the offensive line. It was. 
He went left, left, right, back to left to the middle. He had time to make that play. Um, I don't think this like there's an argument out there right now that the safety gets there. No. He's on the far hashes. You throw that ball outside the numbers with some velocity, that's an NFL throw. If Justin Fields can't make that throw, then he shouldn't be your quarterback. I think he can make that throw. My video is dark again. Yeah. It like comes in and out. I don't know why it's it does the, that. Because it's like the clouds. I get like natural light that comes in here. Somebody get this guy a ring light. They like cost like $10 these days. There it goes. Get on it. Then it comes back in focus just like that. Now you can see your beautiful see? face again. See, the sun's out though. My beautiful face. Thank you. Yeah. But if Justin Fields can't make that throw, then he can't be a starting quarterback. That's an NFL throw. That is a wide open NFL window. If he gets there fast enough, recognizes the mailbox, make the throw. You don't think he can make it? I found that play very concerning. I thought he could have ripped the comeback on the other side. His first read. Thank thank you. Thank you. Like, I I, I just, it's open. Throw it. It's open. You just got to learn. That that is the prime example of him holding on to the ball too long. Like, I think his first read, which wasn't EQ, was there. It wasn't the easiest throw, but you just have to rip it sometimes. And he hesitant on that. Now he goes to the right side. I'll give him a little bit of a, you know, a pass because EQ said that's the first time in any training camp practice, OTs, whatever. I that agree. They, I agree. That that's actually happened where he switched his route and gone to a mailbox. Still, man, if that's part of what you're t- teaching these guys... And he's that wide open. You know, if EQ had done that and he's only got like a step or two, okay, fine. He's wide freaking open. You got to throw the ball. You, you got to throw the You got to get there fast enough. If you, if you, like, all right, so let's play devil's advocate. It's, but it's possible, we hear from Justin Fields tomorrow, that Razul Douglas was in his line of vision on the comeback route, the curl route to, I believe, it was Dante Pettis to his left. Okay. But there still has to be a level of anticipation knowing that Darnell Mooney's route is eventually going to take Douglas out to the left flat. Knowing that there's now nobody over the middle. I'm going to reference Matt Nagy for a second. Remember how he would he wanted Mitch to sometimes like adjust his throws a little bit? You throw that ball with some anticipation a little bit over the middle. Yeah. Let Pettis go get it. It's a first down. Chains keep moving. Gets momentum to start the second half. That's more concerning to me than the miss to St. Brown, given the context of what happened with St. Brown. Yeah. What are you looking at? You got something there? Well, so I heard Trent Dilfer yesterday on the score um, talking to Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel. I heard this too. And something towards the end of that conversation like really caught my ear because he said that, you know, when when he was in college, when Trent Dilfer was in college, like he was a gunslinger. And then he gets to the NFL and the coaches are teaching him, hey, be careful, be careful, be tentative, you know, don't make mistakes and all this stuff. And he felt like that really, you know, held him back. And 
I was driving in the car at that moment, so I couldn't look this up. But it, right when he said that, it caught the reason why it, it caught my ear was because it the, the reason that com, that part of the conversation came up is because they're asking about you know only letting Justin Fields throw the ball eleven times, and there's that trust factor. And Matt Eberflus got asked about this yesterday by by Pat Finley. Uh, where where's our friend Patrick Finley? He was sitting right there in the front row with a Padres hat on. And he asked the question, and and they can say they trust him, but their actions aren't really showing that. Like they got to prove that. And so right there, when I heard Trent Dilfer say that, I'm like, I want to look up how many times he threw the ball, um, in his good games last year. So I'm thinking against the 49ers. I'm thinking against the Steelers. He had 27 pass attempts against the 49ers. He had 29 pass attempts against the Steelers. And sure enough, there's other games where he's like throwing 39 times against the Vikings at a loss because they're trailing. But they were trailing in this game. Like at some point, I just feel like you have to let Justin Fields be Justin Fields. How's he supposed to learn this stuff? If he's not actually getting passing attempts. You know what I mean? I know like what you're saying. This was a well, good learning experience for him, this play. I hope so. Yes, yes. He's just got to rip it. But that goes back to a concern coming out of college of him holding the ball too long. Yeah. And I think we talked about this in training camp, about throwing with the same anticipation. Anticipating what's going to happen. Like, that's part of development at the NFL level. I think that's why he was the fourth quarterback taken. Just fair. Because if he's holding the ball too long in college, now the game's faster. Now, also, can I just interject about the 11 pass attempts? Yeah. There were more. It's like dropbacks. You have to count dropbacks, right? He had a couple scrambles. He was sacked three times. But again, sometimes those sacks... Maybe it's a matter of holding the ball too long. I think one of them definitely was. Definitely was. Not a feel for the pocket. Um, it's still just two games against the Packers. He played his first game in a monsoon against a very good defense, the 49ers. The Packers had the 10th-ranked pass defense last year. Very good secondary. A couple good pass rushers. One, Rashawn Gary, who's getting better. Trying to keep that context in mind. It's difficult coming off Packers losses. I get it. Yeah. But I still think it's important, especially two weeks into the season. Yeah. Um, but I just, uh, I, I agree. And I think that it's difficult to, you know, he's got to have this whole season to. See, I, I wouldn't even play. go that far. I would say he needs about eight to 10 games. Like everything after that, like you, you need to have some clarity on what he is. Yeah. Well, I guess my point there with the passing attempts is like, so he's throwing the ball what twenty eight times in two games. I feel like they cost a game already, like a game of evaluation. Well, let's. That first one was extremely unique circumstances where there were literally puddles of water on the field. Yeah. But, like, there's good takeaways from that opening game. 
burping here with coffee. Oh boy. Good takeaways from that opening game. The play after the play with Dante Pettis, the touchdown to St. Brown, like good things happened for him in that game. Well, look, I expected there to be a couple of clunkers this year, like two games where he legitimately grades out poorly as like kind of a bad player. <laughs> Even if he had a good season, I would have said there's probably going to be a couple of games there where he just doesn't look good. He's still young. He's still not very experienced. So this was one of those games. And I'll probably, like I just said, I'll probably have another one down the road. So I'm not going to totally overreact to it. It's just this play in a microcosm is what needs to improve. Like what we need to see. Like the next time this comes up, it needs to be probably a touchdown. Or at least a first down and a comeback in the middle. Because if he hits EQ in stride, he might be a goal. That's a 78-yard score. Now, EQ's not the fastest guy in the world, so maybe he gets caught from behind. I don't know. It's hard to say for sure. (laughs) But that's the exact type of play they need on the first drive of the second half. The argument out there that the safety can make the play? No. (laughs) No. That's not Ed Reed out there. I get that windows close in the NFL, but at least know who your competition is. Yeah. That was number 20. uh, Who was it? Now I'm at blanking. Who was the safety? It was Darnell Savage, was it not? Well, it would have been him or Amos. Yes, it was Darnell Savage because Amos was in the direction of Cole Komet. He can make that throw. If he can't make that throw in that window with the safety and the far hashes, then he's not your starting quarterback. I believe Justin Fields can make that throw into that window, beating the safety, and then some. Oh, he 100% can. Yes. Like, and that, yes. I think that's what's so frustrating is he... he he can rip the comeback on the left side. He can hit the guy in stride on the right. I agree when Matt Eberflus yesterday says, we have a good deep ball thrower. We yes. need to take advantage of that. And Especially it's frustrating. Especially it outside the numbers a little bit, create more space with the throw. Right. And that's what. And then you, and then I think on the other side is you also have that deep ball he did throw to Darnell Mooney, and he didn't give him a chance to catch it. Now, that one he was covered. But if Mooney's going to be the guy, the playmaker... Then you gotta put that, make it at least a 50-50 ball and let Darnell Mooney make we've seen Darnell Mooney make those catches. He did it in the preseason. Remember that catch he had in that first preseason game? Like yep. you gotta give your you gotta rip it. And once you rip it, you gotta give the guy a chance to make a play. Let me clarify something I just said. Okay, eight to ten games is still an incomplete evaluation. I'm not saying you have to have a firm belief in what you have in Justin Fields at that point, but you're getting closer. I'm saying games after that, games 13, 14, if you're still seeing plays like this, if you're getting more clunkers like you said, and expect them, I get it. Some good defenses later in the season. If the consistency is not there, then you start to have some different conversations towards the end of the year. And I think, like, look, I'm fully... On board with the people who are like, he doesn't have enough weapons. He doesn't. But when he has plays like this where the weapons he does have are wide freaking open, then he's got to take advantage of those. Yeah. Especially because, as you, you said, the protection was good on the play. It was fantastic. I thought the protection was pretty good all night. I thought the offense. Hey, I'll tell you right now, when I graded this thing out, when it was all said and done, I had three of the five offensive linemen grade out very well. Cody Whitehair. 
Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins all played well. I thought Lucas Patrick played pretty well too. Sam Mustafer was eh. Did you see that play? Mustafer got like body slammed. That is a great play though by Justin Fields. Sam Mustafer literally got hip tossed yeah. by um Kenny Clark. Yep. All pro nose tackle. It's gonna happen. But he put that ball right on Cole Komet's numbers. That has to be a catch. Has to be a catch. That's another thing that stood out to me from Matty Bravlus's post game or Monday press conference. Highlight your skill. There needs to be almost a concerted effort to get the ball to Darnell Mooney. To establish Cole Komet. How about introducing Byron Pringle, your slot receiver, to your offense? Three key, supposedly three key players for your passing offense who have a combined two catches over two games. Again, you played in a monsoon in week one. I understand, but sometimes a concerted effort to get those guys going with the ball in their hands is important. I think you just saw the Packers do that with the running backs. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, before we say hello to Lovey Smith and the Houston Texans. Hey, Lovey, how you doing? Hey, Lovey. Hey, Lovey. Hey, Lovey. Hey, Lovey. <laughs> How's everybody doing? We still got to give our uh, two things we like, two things we didn't like, and a stat, right? You That's what you first? guys did last Tuesday when yeah, I didn't have a voice? I think I like that. Yeah, good okay. little process to complete the week. You want to go first? Okay, uh, here's what I liked. I'll give you two right off the bat. We, won't, we don't have to talk about them one-on-one. I like Tevin Jenkins, a right guard. Yeah. I, I think he's your starter there. If I'm reading into what Matt Eberflus said on Monday, is when Lucas Patrick is healthy and he can snap, he's the Bears center again, and the Bears have someone who could set a right guard, who could maul people, who could create holes, who could take two guys out with one block, and Tevin Jenkins. It's number one. Number two for me, I like that David Montgomery got going. Yeah. He ran hard. He ran violent. He had north-south. Great game for him. Yeah, so mine are similar to yours on the front, and it's just that, I I mean, the O-line, the O-line's been better than I thought. The O-line's been okay. And I, you know, Cody Whitehair had a bad rep to start that first, you know, the first play of the game against the 49ers. Otherwise, he's been pretty good. He needed a he needed a bounce back. Um and um you know, Tevin Jenkins has been a kind of a revelation here. On the downside, Larry Bourne played not not very well in Green Bay. So that would be one of the things I don't like. Um the other thing I like, not to be redundant, but you heard me all offseason be kind of hesitant about Equinemius. He's been pretty good. He blocks really well. Which is an important part of the Bears offense, and he, he mentioned that on Monday. Yeah. That they have 
responsibilities to take out linebackers, to get upfield, to to clear a safety. It's a little more complicated than what he's been used to. I think Luke Getzey's taking it to another level, but uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, what I didn't like was uh, the refereeing, which we covered. <laughs> it was a tough weekend with the refs, Johns. We had a call Friday night that I just wanted to... It's tough. It's tough like weekend. Those guys are volunteers. I know, but on an onside kick, when you hit our guy before 10 yards, which is completely illegal and everybody knows that, you don't call it, it's like... What are we on. doing here? Come on. This isn't hard. Like some plays that are bang, bang, I get it. But like this is just like... Anyway. Um, so I was already in a crabby mood with the refs before we got to the game Sunday night. Uh, you don't like officials. We get it. We know that. It's well established at this point in the podcast. Yeah. Yep. That, you that, go to the zoo and you avoid the zebra exhibit. I get it. Don't like the zebras. <laughs> They're smelly. They make weird noises. Also, the zebras at the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. By the way, I actually do have a lot of respect for those officials that are out there at those high school games. There's a ref. There's a bad referee shortage right now. It's nationwide. Yeah. It's and so like everything else, there's a shortage of, but referees too. So I. I do try to give them the benefit of the doubt and have a lot of respect that they're out there volunteering or taking a very small paycheck to do that so that high school football can continue. Um, but sometimes it's like, come on. All right. I don't remember what I, my other thing I don't like was. Go ahead. Um, I don't like the tackling. Not good. That starts with the linebackers. They are paid to tackle. Like That is their number one job. Be better, Roquan Smith. Be better, Nicholas Morrow. Uh, that was not good. And then I really don't like that play call on fourth and goal. I don't like giving up yards when you are literally inside the one-yard line. I understand what the Bears are trying to do to catch the Packers off guard and create numbers off the edge, but the Packers were not caught off guard. Call a timeout, readjust. Just run a normal snake or just go with the hot hand and David Montgomery. I don't like that play call in fourth and one. The more I look at it, the more I hear about it, the more I don't like it. Which is a good transition to my stat that I wanted to share. Okay? Because as I was watching the game, I didn't have enough time to look this up. When I was re-watching, I was like, damn, every time Kari Blasting game was on the field, the Bears were moving the ball. And yet they didn't have him on the field for that fourth and goal at the three-inch line. Use your fullback. So as I was saying this yesterday on the CHO show, shout out to Nicholas Moriano, who heard me say that and then went and looked up the numbers for me in the middle of the show and then tweeted this. This is really good stuff. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Nicholas Moriano. Bears fullback Kari Blassingame played 13 snaps. 13 of the 41, by the way. Don't like that either. Here's how those plays went. Plus 13, plus 9, plus 3, that's a touchdown, plus 6, plus 11, plus 14, plus 28, plus 27, plus 6, 
plus four. Then there was a couple bad ones at the end. There was a minus one uh, where there was a fumble. I wonder if that was the... Was that the... Was there another fumble besides the drop snap? No, I think that was it. So that must be the the snap. Then there were minus 10. There yep, was a sack. It. And then there was one incomplete pass. But so on you, 13 plays, the Bears gained 110 yards with so Kari Blasting game on the field. So to use a, a hockey term and plus minus, that plus minus is, is good. That would be, um, again, not a math major. That's you did funny. sound like the guy last week, but. That's funny, though. I guessed that the Bears averaged somewhere between eight and nine yards per play with Blasting game on the field. And the answer, eight point. Four six. I was a math major. I wasn't actually, but anyway, after that first drive, blasting game didn't get back on the field until six forty left in the third quarter. Now there weren't a lot of plays in there, which is part of the problem. Bears couldn't get off the field on defense, couldn't stop the run. But so I just combined my uh, stat with the other thing I didn't like. One big takeaway, like. The sense I got from Matt Eberflus is I hate when they like use the term self-scouting. He didn't use that term. But you could tell there was some reassessment or some quick evaluation like of what they did offensively. Like, oh, 11 pass attempts? That's not going to work. I know the run game wasn't working, but 11 pass attempts? That's not going to work. Oh, Darnell Mooney? One catch minus four yards? That's not going to work. Cole Komet? One target? That's not going to work. I found it kind of refreshing. I did, too. Some- he was pretty pretty up up front and candid about it. I, I liked it. It wasn't just like, yeah, we got to figure out why that happened. We got to find the why. No, he didn't say that. He was like, yeah, no, that's not good. We got to we got to get went, Darnell Mooney the ball. You went there. You went there. My favorite stat. I'm gonna sound like a coach right now. I like that Kyler Gordon had a long day. I like that he was targeted 13 times and allowed 10 catches. Sometimes you need a big dose of of, of Aaron Rodgers to get a little bit better. Now, can he? We'll see in a few weeks, but I kind of like that he was tested. He needs to experience that. You don't like that? No, no, I agree. I mean, I... It's not really a favorite stat, but it's a stat that could could lead to something beneficial for the Bears, especially for their young player. I I get what you're trying to say, that now we get to see if he bounces back from it. There you go. Would be nice if he just kind of showed up and they never, you know... Play well right away, but you got to learn. And, and it's possible that he showed you on that PBU he had in the end zone. Oh, he's, he's got it in him. That's why he's playing. That's why he's playing. So, but boy, it was every single snap, John's, when they would do play action. It was like yeah. there was like a fort, like a Star Wars force that was pulling him <laughs> towards <laughs> towards the Packers' backfield. Yeah. And he just couldn't he couldn't fight the force, Johns. He just kept getting sucked closer to the line of scrimmage every single time. And, and Aaron Rodgers, like his play fakes are exceptional. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. He he's good at that. This is, they're not all created equal in terms of faking. Which I didn't notice until I watched the film, because they've been teaching Justin Fields some of that. Do you remember the um the one with it was supposed to be a boot and they they kind of blitzed the boot and Fields tried to spin out of it and he just kind of fell down and got sacked. 
for a big yeah. loss. You know what play I'm talking about? Yeah. He tried to do the Aaron Rodgers fake on that one. Where he hands it off and then he carries it out with like with his arm out. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that. There's, there's like a name for it, like the the guitar fake or something like that. Yeah. The ayahuasca fake. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, go for that. Fields is great. Or I'm sorry, Rogers is great at it. And Fields tried to do it and the guy was right there. And I was like, oh, yeah. We're gonna have to work on that a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Me too. We gotta get out of here. Um Love you, Smith Week. We'll be back Thursday to break it all down. The Athletic is my, my, my early thought on that. I'll give okay. you one. Is the Texans are number ten in total defense? I think right now. Yeah. Not surprising. I think Davis Mills is capable. Uh, it's going to be the Bears are favored. Bears should like you should pick the Bears, but probably more difficult than initially thought. Yeah, I think both teams are very similar. Both teams are very frisky, very young. Honestly, whoever makes the most least mistakes is going to win the game. All right, no need to do a Thursday show now. It's over. We'll be back Thursday. We'll have it all broken down for you. Looking forward to it. And uh, I think the weather's going to be nicer this week. I think so. We'll see. Uh, maybe it won't be a monsoon. I told you feel. Follow us on Twitter. Make sure you check us out on YouTube. Rate and review the pod. And as we always say, tell a friend. Thanks for all the voicemails. They were great this week. Bob, hang in there. You're our guy. It'll be it'll be better against Lovey Smith. Just say that. Talk to you. Later. See ya. You're a giant meatball. Hey, hey. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.